0: Welcome to the principles of success interviewing the experts in today's book review is attached the new science of adult attachment and how it can help you find and keep love Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it That's where Bank of America can help for your financial to do's Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So attachment theory is basically the idea that how people grow attached to someone can be categorized into three different ways. The first category, which is 50% of the population is the secure attachment style. These people don't really have an issue with creating bonds and getting into relationships and enjoying those relationships. 25% is the anxious attachment style. These are the people that are constantly needing reassurance. And then the other attachment style is the avoidant, and that's the remaining 25%. These are the people who you would typically categorize as having commitment issues. Because here's the thing. Intimacy is a biological need. Every single one of us needs it. Even the people with commitment issues. When your attachment system is threatened, your protest system triggers. So for instance, a secure person, they don't really have a big protest system because they're feeling secure. Now they can have it, but for, most, for the most part... It's anxious and avoidance that have their protest system because their attachment system gets triggered by somebody doing something like, for instance, for an avoidant. If you don't call them back, well, then obviously you don't love them anymore and you're probably cheating on them. And so because you're not calling them back, that means that they can't call you back anymore because, of course, if they wanted to talk, if you wanted to talk to them, well, then you would have answered the phone call and so the anxious person just rattles off a big story and so they refuse to talk to you because they're be- they're protesting because their anxious attachment got triggered. An avoidant might be something in the exact opposite. Like, oh, they told me they love me now, I have to avoid them for a week. And the reason why the protest system exists is because just imagine if your spouse is on a plane and you hear a plane crash you're going to panic. Dependency is not a bad word. That's the whole point of relationships. It's how we're wired. We're supposed to be dependent on each other. In this modern age of independence, people like to think dependency is a bad word. And I am a big self-reliance, self-improvement guy. If anybody was to say it was a bad word, it'd be me. But no, dependency is very important, especially emotional dependency, because you're emotionally tied to the people around you. That's how we're wired. You're supposed to be that way. If you're not, you're a sociopath. Next important point. People are only needy if their needs are unmet. If your needs are getting met, there's no need for you to be needy. So what if you're anxious? If your girlfriend takes the time to make sure that, to let you know that she made it home, you're fine. So what if you are avoidant? If your girlfriend makes sure to allow you to have a personal life outside of them, you'll probably be okay. It's only when people's needs are not met that they start panicking and feeling the need to be needy. This is more obvious with anxious attachment style because when they're anxious, they want closeness. They are demanding your attention. When avoidance needs are not getting met, they just bury them. Next up, the codependency is a myth. When you bond with someone... You are supposed to be in sync with them. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to do something by yourself. In fact, for especially for like avoidance, that is very important. But you're supposed to be codependent on each other. That's why you're forming a bond. And when you have a secure relationship, when both of your needs are being met, and you feel safe in the relationship, it is easier for you guys to also spend time apart. If the anxious person doesn't feel like you're going to cheat on them every time you walk out the door, they're probably going to have a little bit less anxiety when you go out the door. And that's because you need a secure base. When you have that secure base, then you are both able to go out and conquer. So, if you're secure, you aren't worried about the relationship. If you feel trapped when you get into a relationship, you're probably avoidant. If you are constantly worrying... If they love you, you're probably anxious. Don't be ashamed of your needs. If you're avoidant, you have avoidant needs. If you're anxious, you have anxious needs. If you're secure, you have secure needs. Instead of trying to beat yourself up about it, when you're dating, look at the person and ask yourself if that person is capable of meeting your needs. So when you're looking at somebody as a potential partner and you're looking to see if they'll meet your needs... Oftentimes, what they don't say is just as important. But we'll come back to that in a bit. Some things that they do say, for instance, an avoidant might say something along the lines of trapping me. Like, I'm not going to support another woman. And the most key indicator is, well, I'll just have to keep looking. Anxious attachment style is, I don't want to scare her off. Something's wrong with me. I'm sick of this dating. Well, no pain, no gain. Secure is not afraid to be alone. They're happy to be in a relationship, and they're very supporting when they are in the relationship. So now let's talk about anxious attachment. Good news is they're more vigilant to people's changes in emotions. So they are capable, if their needs are met and are secure, they're capable of perceiving your needs and making sure your needs are met. Bad news is they overanalyze. They jump to conclusion. Their protest behavior often includes keeping score, rolling eyes, manipulating, telling your partner or them telling their partner that they're going to leave even though they really hope the partner will make them stay. Anxious attachment is a toxic relationship when it's involved with an avoidant. The avoidance will take advantage of anxious so bad. It is a m- emotional roller coaster and here's the problem anxious people avoidance don't date other avoidance secures are not single very often so most of the people in your dating pool are going to be avoidance and because of that you're going to have a lot of trauma and when you meet a secure attachment style you're going to think it's boring because it's not a toxic roller coaster and your adrenaline isn't getting spiked which you think is love Don't let emotional unavailableness turn you on. If you're anxious, you should be dating somebody. Who is secure? 1. You want closeness and intimacy. They're comfortable with your closeness and don't try to push you away. 2. You are very sensitive to any sign of rejection and they are very consistent and reliable, so they won't be sending mixed signals. 3. You find it hard to directly tell them what you need. They will see your well-being as a top priority. Four, you need reassurance and to know that you are loved. They are comfortable with sharing how they feel. Five, you need to know exactly where you are in the relationship. They are comfortable with commitment. If you are an anxious attachment style, quit putting up a front. Avoidance like it. If you try to act strong and independent and just squash your needs, that just benefits the avoidant. Express your needs. Playing it cool does not work. Now let's talk about avoidance. Something for you to keep in mind. Happiness is only good when shared. Yes, you are a free spirit. You're self-reliant. You think negatively of partners. You want to be together, but apart. So, how do avoidance deactivate to keep their distance? Anxious people, when their protest behaviors are activated, (coughs) they get extra clingy when avoidance get activated they want to create distance so how do they create distance one i'm not ready to commit two small they focus on their partner's small imperfections three thinking of the x he calls this the phantom x four flirting with others five not saying i love you six pulling away if things are going good seven Building a relationship with someone who you can't have a future with. Like, for instance, if they already have somebody. Number eight, checking, checking out when talking. So, just not really listening. Nine, keeping secrets or keeping things foggy. Not having the determine the relationship conversation. Number ten, avoiding physical closeness. And according to this author... And by my phrasing, you can tell I'm disagreeing. But according to this author, the biggest sign of avoidant is somebody looking for the perfect partner. Now, I would add that he's categorizing people into three categories. You have the avoidance, anxious, and secures. Another way to categorize people is the maximizers and the satisfiers. Maximizers are people who are constantly looking for that perfect partner. They might not all be avoidants but also be looking for that perfect partner. Now I will say that a maximizer is probably more prone to be an avoidant. So moving on to the next section, Your partner's attachment style. This is trying to guesstimate what attachment style your partner has or your future partners have. Do they seek closeness? No. Probably avoidant. These are just general thumb rules. Rules of thumb. That was a terrible sentence. General rules of thumb to figure these out. Do they need constant reassurance? Yes. Probably anxious. Do they... Describe as why they're single as things outside of their control. Like, I just haven't met the right one. Or maybe I'll find someone to settle down with someday. Probably avoidant. Do they think if it doesn't work out that it means there's something that is wrong with them? Or think good relationships are rare? Probably anxious. Now, attachments in day-to-day life. And he gives a great example of an anxious person calling their secure partner. So the anxious makes a call. And we'll call him George. I don't remember what the names he used. And he's calling Sally. So George makes a call to Sally. But Sally hits ignore. Sally's the secure one. Well, George kind of freaks out and calls again. Sally hits ignore again. Now George's protest behavior is triggering all is going all sorts of crazy. And so George is like, well, fine. Maybe she doesn't want to talk to me. I guess I won't call her again. Well, then a little bit later, Sally texts George, because Sally is secure, and apologizes because she couldn't take his call because her boss was standing right there. George, being anxious, immediately assumed that, yes, of course, Sally did hit ignore That was obvious. He was able to pick up on that. But he assumed that the reason why she wasn't picking up, the reason why she hit ignore, was because she didn't want to talk to him. That's a real-world example of an anxious attachment style in a secure relationship. Luckily for George, Sally was able to communicate effectively and calm his anxiety down. So, some examples of protest behavior include keeping score. Like, well, they didn't answer my call. I'm not going to answer their call. Acting hostile. Well, if they don't want to answer my call, I just won't call them back. Or I won't call them again. Or when I do talk to them, I'm going to act very grumpy with them. Making threats to leave. Trying to make them jealous. Manipulating them. Acting busy. So, anxious dating life. Anxious and avoidance like to date each other, even though they're terrible for each other. Because one it reaffirms their beliefs about themselves. An anxious believes they're not good enough. An avoidant believes people want too much from them. So when you date each other, the anxious person is constantly asking for more and that freaks the avoidant out. And the avoidant wants space and doesn't want to commit. And that tells the anxious person that they're just not good enough for them. That if you were good enough, that of course the person would want to commit. And the problem here is that you get used to it. But anxiety and stress does not equal love. A good, happy, healthy relationship is not supposed to be full of anxiety and stress. You might be used to it and think a normal, healthy relationship is boring, but a bad relationship full of anxiety and stress does not equal love. And here's the problem. Avoidance are everywhere. They don't date each other. They just don't have that glue to want to date each other because they're both avoiding being committed. There is zero evidence of any avoidance being in a relationship with each other. And then securers are in a relationship. Yes, I already talked about all this. So, accept as an anxious, accept that you are needy, and focus on dating people capable of meeting those needs. You will have to filter through a ton of avoidance, because they're the ones in the dating pool. But as you examine people, and you focus on having those people focus on seeing if those people are capable of meeting your needs, your dating life will be better for it. And here's the most important reason why. An avoidant won't care about your needs. They might say the right thing, but they won't act like it. Next, the avoidant. The avoidant is very obsessed with looking for the perfect partner. Unfortunately for avoidants, they're very good at being negative about their partners. He uses the analogy of the apple versus the worm. Most people, when they're looking at dating partners, most secure people when looking at dating partners, they see the apple. They're like, ah, perfect. This person has a few flaws. I'll need to cut that part out that was be- eaten by an apple, but it's, it's a good apple. The avoidant it will only see the worm. They'll only see that one minor little flaw that, oh, well, they're not perfect, so I can't possibly date them. Another tactic avoidance use is the phantom X. am like, oh, I can't date this person. They're nowhere near as good as as my ex. And my ex was just so awesome. So, and I know there's other people out there that are just like my ex. So I can't date this person because they're not as good as my ex was and my ex wasn't good enough. So I guess I'll just have to still be single. And that's all rooted in the power of the one. They're like, ah, there is only one person who will do it for me and they have to be perfect. So, here are eight things you can do today to stop pushing love away. One, don't act on those impulses. You are prone to want to push the people away. Just don't act on them. Two, instead of focusing on defensive self reliance, focus on mutual support. You want to have somebody who will support you, work on supporting others. Three, find a secure partner, an anxious person you're just going to utterly abuse. Four, Beware of your tendency to misinterpret behaviors. Again, they're always looking at the negative side of their partner. They're looking at that worm. Your default is assuming that they suck. So instead of looking for those negative tendencies, remind yourself that this is your partner, and they probably do have your best interests at heart. They're probably not as selfish as you're probably making them out to be. Number five. Make a relationship gratitude list. You're prone to be negative. Make that gratitude list so that way when you're wanting to push them away, you can be like, oh yeah, they do give me free massages. That is really nice. Number six, nix the Phantom X. You don't need to be thinking about the Phantom X that now in your mind that you're far away from them, you think is perfect, even though if they were as good as you seem to remember, then you probably wouldn't have pushed them away. Number seven, forget about the one. There's no perfect person out there. There's no perfect fit for your crazy dreamed up ideas. So forget about the one. And number eight, have a distraction strategy. You're a lot less to be anxious about the attachment if you have activities to keep yourself busy with them. If you're dating an avoidant, probably the last thing you want to do is have a sit down intimate conversation with them that will just freak them out and they'll probably try and avoid you for a while. Now, we've talked about avoidance. We've talked about anxious. Secures are pretty, he phrases it as they're kind of boring to talk about because they're secure. But here are some things to note about secures. Secures help others be secure. If you're dating an anxious person and you're secure, that anxious anxiety will be reduced and they'll become more secure. Same with avoidant. If you're not constantly pushing them to make them do more than they're comfortable with, you're secure then they'll begin to understand that relationships can be enjoyable secures treat their partners like royalty when you're in a relationship with somebody secure and if you're secure you probably treat each other really well in fact that's a really good si- test to uh, um, see if somebody's secure or not do they treat you like royalty or do they treat you like the enemy If they're treating you like the enemy that means their protest si- um, system has been activated <clears throat> secures expect to be respected, and when they're not, it says something about the other person, not them. If an avoidant tells them they're not interested, the secure is like, oh okay, you're lost. No big deal." But here's the problem with secures. When they get in a bad relationship, which they sometimes do, they don't always know when to quit because they're secure. They're like, oh, "I'm I'm fine." And I can instead of flipping out at the anxious person, I can try and be there for them. But when that anxiety person becomes abusive, sometimes they're like, well, I still love this person and I can probably put up with it while they're in this phase. So sometimes secures can be in a bad relationship. So the last point, and this is a very important point, is direct effective communication. You win either way. When you communicate your needs, they will either care and respond positively or they won't. And communicating with them and seeing if they care or not is very important because a red flag based on reality is way better than a red flag based on assumptions. If you just assume that they don't care and you make that into a red flag, they could be perfectly willing to accommodate you. But because you didn't bother communicating, you made up this big stupid story that they're an evil person, and then you spiral and break up with them. So here are five rules for communication. One, wear your heart on your sleeve. I know you've probably been hurt in the past, but if you want to effectively communicate with your partner and have a good, healthy relationship, your heart has to be on your sleeve. You can't have the guardhouse and and expect cuddles. Two, focus on your needs, not them. When you're communicating, focus on expressing what you need, not on their behavior, not attacking them. Number three is be specific. Don't say something like, I need you to do more. Say, I need more time with you because I feel like I haven't been getting enough time with you. Number four, don't blame them. When you blame somebody, that just puts up their fight or flight response and puts up their defenses and it doesn't do any good. You're trying to effectively communicate. And by blaming somebody, you're not going to get your needs met. Number five, be assertive. Be non-apologetic. Doesn't mean being rude and being gruff, but don't let them dismiss your needs as unimportant. You need to make sure that you are clear about your needs and you effectively communicate those needs to your partner. Now, all couples will have conflicts. Conflict, not contention. All all couples will have conflicts. Like, for instance, where to eat. He calls those bread and butter conflicts, non-important day-to-day life conflicts conflicts. A healthy relationship, you do not have relationship conflicts, need conversation conflicts, because you are both effectively communicating and focusing and making sure that the other one's needs are met. So how to handle conflict? Number one, show basic concern. Number two, focus on the subject at hand. Don't go attacking the person For something they did five weeks in the past, focus on what's happening right now. Again, refrain from generalizing. Number four, be willing to engage. This is for avoidance and anxious, I guess, but for avoidance. If they're bringing something up, don't just try and zone out to to get through the argument, to get through the conversation, not through the argument. Be willing to actually communicate with them. Number five, communicate feelings and needs. Your partner's needs are your responsibility. When you sign up to be in a relationship with somebody, their needs become your needs. And now for the flip side, it is also better for you to express your needs than to think they'll just magically know what's on your mind. If you do not tell them your needs, how are they supposed to know? If you haven't told them what's on your mind, they don't know, period. So communicate. If you're anxious, Accept that you're needy and let them and filter people to figure out which ones can help with your needs. If you're avoidant, learn to enjoy relationships and communicate your need for space. And both of y'all better not be dating each other. Focus on dating secures. And here's the cool thing about secures, if I didn't stress it enough. A secure person is more than happy and is more than capable of dating a secure, anxious, or avoidant. And when an anxious and avoidant is dating a secure, they become more secure. These are not set in stones. You are constantly either becoming more anxious or more avoidant or more secure. So when you're in a relationship with a secure, if they're secure enough not to get screwed up by your terrible neediness, um, then you will both become more secure. And when you have a secure base and you feel safe, you're able to do a lot. And with that, I will see you all next week.